Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Tony Romo School of Arts and Crafts, it's the Fourth and Inches <laughs> Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, thanks for uh, carrying the load yourself last week. How are you this week? Um, I, I, you know, thought things were bad as a Cowboys fan last week, but I've now hit some new lows. But I, I've, I think I've come through some of my stages of grief, and I've now convinced myself things might be okay. <laughs> you convinced yourself that you? Whedon really does throw a beautiful ball, as Jerry Jones likes to tell us. Nope, nope. I'm all in on Matt Castle now. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a this. feeling. I have a feeling uh, that's probably where they're season. But let me ask you this though: Would you rather be the Cowboys two and zero? with your star quarterback, your star wide receiver, and your star tight end all banged up and out for various lengths of time? Or would you rather be the Giants or the Eagles, of whom much was expected and haven't had any major injuries, but they're already two games behind the Cowboys? Yeah. It's funny. I've been asking people this, particularly, uh, obviously, you guys know I'm from the Philly area originally, and most of my family is still up there, and I've been taunting them with this question for the last few days. Um, I think I'd still rather, at least today, be the Cowboys because there's a light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how like dim away it is, and the Giants can still pull it together. The Redskins, who knows what's going to happen there, but the Eagles are just such a hot mess, and I'm sure we'll get into that later when we're going through the games, but I think for today, I'd still rather be the Cowboys. What about you? I, I agree. I think, you know, they'll their defense is, is decent, and we'll see how good their wanted offensive line is if they can make Joseph Randall and Lance Dunbar into stars and keep Matt Castle and or Brandon Whedon healthy. And uh, we'll, we'll yeah. see how good they are. If they can weather this and you know, get into the playoffs, they, they should be pretty uh, well tested. It's going to be uh, an interesting couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, Speaking of injuries, there were plenty this week. It seems like uh wasn't a good yeah. week to be a starting quarterback or starting running back. I think I had one team where I had um um uh, who did who did I have? I had uh um Tevin Coleman and um Carlos Hyde and somebody else who got hurt too, so needless to say I didn't win that matchup. No. So much, yeah. My fancy teams took a little bit of a hit, but I came out a, a, I think all but two won last week. I don't know how I pulled off that kind of miracle, but it worked out okay for me. I just when I when I make my notes for the injuries part of the show, it's getting longer every week, and that's troubling. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's there's definitely a lot this week. Um, as we alluded to, Tony Romo. Broke his collarbone again. Uh, thanks for that, Philadelphia. And uh, he's going to miss probably the next eight weeks. Just want to point out, Troy Aikman came back from this in four weeks, but, you know, different times. Um, uh, it's also obviously still no Des Bryant, and it's also been reported that Jason Witten sprained both his ankles and one of his knees during the game. You could see him hobbling around. Um, he did practice today, though, so he's going to play this week. He's only missed one game in his career, and that's with his jaw wired shut after breaking it. Um, so I'm not too worried about Jason Witten. Why week. did he miss that game? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just he's not that tough, I guess. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, um, 
But also, uh, Jacksonville, we talked last week about Toby Gerhardt. looked like maybe he had a chance to play in last week. He didn't. He's still been limited this week with that abdominal issue. Uh, Denard Robinson isn't practicing either, so it's going to be pretty much all T.J. Yeldon this week. I don't know how much of a difference that will make, but for what it's worth, neither of these guys are likely going to play this week. In Atlanta, wide receiver Julio Jones is limited this week. Same deal as last week. He did play last week. He's going to play this week. I wouldn't worry too, too much about it. Um, Both the tight ends in Miami, Jordan Cameron and Deion uh, Lewis, are – uh, both limited in practice today. It looks like they are going to be a little touch and go. Lewis has a, concuss- a concussion. Jordan Cameron's got a groin injury. Keep an eye on that as the week goes on. Uh, the running back there in Miami, Lamar Miller, didn't practice. He's got an ankle injury. He says he's going to play. Uh, the Dolphins don't necessarily seem as convinced. They promoted Jonas Gray off the practice squad today, so another thing to keep an eye on. DeMarco Murray left Eagles practice today with a hamstring injury slash bad attitude. All kind of depends who you're asking. He's going to have an MRI tomorrow. Um, I, I sincerely doubt. Hamstring. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he he. Uh, they say it's a hamstring, but maybe it's a therapy session. He's going to play this week. Whether or not he rushes for more than one yard, I don't know. We'll find out. But he'll be on the field. In Carolina, running back Jonathan Stewart sat out today. He's got a a bum knee. Same deal last week. He played. He's going to play this week. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that. DeAndre Hopkins in Houston has a concussion. That's definitely something to keep an eye on because now he has to go through the concussion protocol, and it's already Wednesday, and he hasn't been cleared yet. So uh, you may be seeing a lot more of Nate Washington and Cecil Shorts out there this weekend. That could come down to a game-time decision. Um, Le'Veon Bell coming back for Pittsburgh this week. He's been suspended, so he should be pretty well rested. That means all you D'Angelo Williams owners, he his value is about to take a nosedive. Bell uh, allegedly will be splitting time somewhat, but he doesn't particularly like to come out of games, so I wouldn't put too much stock in your D'Angelo Williams uh, this week. Drew Brees... Uh, has a bruised rotator cuff. He's going to play. How effective he'll be, that's anybody's guess. Hopefully he can throw the ball a little further than he could last week, but tread lightly with that one. Pretty much everybody on the Bears' offense is on the injury report this week. Jay Cutler's going to be out two weeks with a bad hamstring. That means we get two weeks of Jimmy Clausen. I'm sorry, Bears fans. Matt Forte was limited at practice today. He's still got a knee injury. He's likely going to play this week. Wide receivers Alshon Jeffrey uh, and Eddie Royal both didn't practice. Uh, It's kind of touch and go on who's playing and who's not. My guess would be Jeffrey probably will play. Eddie Royal may not. Uh, Eddie Royal's battling both hip and back injuries. Uh, Giants wide receiver Victor Cruz, again, not going to play this week. Maybe next week at the earliest. 49ers wide, uh, running back Carlos Hyde left the game early last week with what they're calling a leg contusion. He's hoping to play. Just keep an eye on that as the week goes on. It'd be kind of silly for him not to play. San Francisco really does need him. Running back Arian Foster in Houston is unlikely to play this week. Again, Alfred Blue and Chris Polk are going to be seeing the bulk of the carries there. LaShawn McCoy and Percy Harvin both didn't practice for the Bills today. Um, Likely going to play. This is more a rest day for both of them, but keep an eye on McCoy's hamstring and Percy Harvin's hip. The Browns are going to start Josh McCown this week. 
Johnny Football. The controversy continues, but McCown's been cleared from his concussion, so he's going to start. Just, I wouldn't necessarily go dropping Johnny Menzel just yet off your your season-long teams, but for what it's worth, McCown's going to get the start. Arizona running back Andre Ellington is unlikely to play with a knee injury. We talked about him last week as well. Probably not going to be his week this week. Eric Decker out in New York sprained his knee. He left the game early last week. He's day-to-day. I would think he's probably going to play unless there's some kind of setback. In Tampa Bay, tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, who's pretty much the only guy I like in that offense right now, is going to be out four to six weeks with a strained shoulder. It looks pretty innocuous when it happened, but it turned out to be a little more severe than they thought. So definitely look somewhere else for a tight end. Uh, Eddie Lacy left the game for Green Bay with a sprained ankle. It looks like he's going to try to play this week, but could be splitting as much as 50-50 with James Starks. So definitely uh, keep an eye on that and make your lineups accordingly. Don't expect healthy Eddie Lacy numbers this week. And in fun news this week, Terrell Owens wants to be a cowboy again. is currently working on trying to convince the Cowboys to bring him back. Please don't go picking him up on any of your fantasy teams anytime soon. (laughs) He might be an improvement on Terrence Williams. I'm not saying it wouldn't be an improvement. I mean, at least he can hold on to the football when you throw it directly at his hands, unlike 95% of the wide receiver core right now. But I also don't necessarily want to see him eating popcorn on the sidelines, so it's it's a trade-off. (laughs) I would pay to see that. Because life as a Cowboys fan couldn't have gotten any more fun until this story broke today. Well, Herschel Walker isn't doing anything either. I I mean, we could trade him for some more draft picks, fleece the the Vikings, somebody again, but, you know. Sign him for a day and then trade him to the Vikings for seven draft picks. That would work out well. I don't hate the idea. Also, he might be comparable with any of the other running backs we're putting out there right now because we still don't have a starting running back. I don't know. So, Darren McFadden, he's he's going to break through one of these years. I, I'm still – he's still my favorite out of the 98 people we have playing running back for the Cowboys right now, but, you know – they didn't call and ask me who I wanted to start, which I can't understand why. Uh, so, unfortunately, it looks like they're still thinking Joseph Randall's the guy, which I'm, I'm not on board with. Oh, I don't know. He, he's got <laughs> sticky fingers. He sure does. <laughs> so, all right. Well, why don't we dive right into the games this week. Um, Thursday night, we've got the matchup of the two cities where the Pope two of the three cities where the Pope is visiting this week. We've got the Giants hosting the Redskins, and, yeah, of course, Redskins managed to win a game last week. Giants managed to lose another game last week. Uh, Preston Parker no longer a Giant, but um, I think the Giants will find a way to, to pull this out. I'll say Giants 27, Redskins 24. I actually agree the Giants will win. And I even had a very similar score. I had 27-21. Just for the record, you guys do know you're supposed to play four quarters of football, right? Because the first three, you're doing just fine. And it's that that last one gets you every time. Uh, At some point, the Giants have to play an entire game. 
even maybe just try not playing the first quarter this time and play the last three. I don't care. But somehow I think they're going to they're going to pull out a f- an entire effort here and win a game. Um I I don't want everyone to get all excited about Matt Jones had a great game last week for Washington, uh but I don't necessarily expect him to put up anywhere near those kinds of numbers this week. This is going to be a game where Washington has to throw the ball more than run it. The Giants are third best in the league against the run right now in yards per uh, yards per rush. Uh, so I would be looking more at Washington wide receivers here than any of their running backs. Plus, I still the ghosts of the Shanahanigans just haunt me forever. So I'm always scared of Washington running backs. Well, it brings up an anyway. interesting point. If you <laughs> had to pick one or the other, who would you say is more likely to you know, be their lead back for the rest of the season or gain more yards for the rest of the season would it be Matt Jones or Alfred Morris? You know, right now I want to say uh, Matt Jones just because I want to stick with the hot hand. It's working, but I don't know if I'm totally ready to write off Alfred Morris. I'm certainly not. I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, I've never been a huge Alfred Morris fan, though. Might just be the Cowboys' well, bias. He gets the job done. I mean, he's not a, you know, he's not a top five back or anything, but he's pretty steady. Yeah, he helps more than he hurts. I'll give him that. All right. Speaking of helping more than hurting, the Sunday early game, the early games, or as Jenna likes to call them, the morning games. The morning games. He's got, <laughs> he's got the Vikings hosting San Diego. Herschel Walker seems to be, not Herschel Walker, there I did it. Adrian Peterson <laughs> seems to be on track. Herschel Walker we got to have one on every, week. Yet, every week. But it's early in the season still. <laughs> and uh, San Diego, yeah, they laid an egg last week after looking um, good in the opening week of the season. I'll say that that trend, both of those trends continue. I'll say Minnesota wins this one. It'll be close. There'll be a lot of offense, but I say final score Minnesota 31, San Diego 27. Wow. I have this a little lower scoring. I'm taking Minnesota. I like it 24-21. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, Quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if San Diego won this game. It wouldn't really be an upset in my mind, but I just, I like where Minnesota is a little bit more right now. San Diego had a good week one. They just not impressive last week. Minnesota is at least trending upward. I think Adrian Peterson's going to continue to shake off some of that rust, and he and Teddy Bridgewater are going to kind of start working together. Week one, they just were doing their own thing. It's starting to come together now, um, and I just I think their offense is a little more cohesive right now. And I just I don't know if San Diego's defense is going to be able to slow down Adrian Peterson enough to win this game. So I'm going Minnesota. Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm not you I'm not riding the train quite that far <laughs> but they'll be much less of an embarrassment. <laughs> you wait and see. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> We've got uh, Oakland that rebounded nicely last week against Cleveland. Um at Cleveland. I, I still like Oakland in this game. Yeah, I just don't think Cleveland musters up enough offense to win. I'll say final score. Oakland 27, Cleveland 21. I keep going back and forth on this game because I really could see it going either way. I just, 
I really like what I saw from Oakland last week. It's a lot easier to have an offense when Pac-Man Jones isn't trying to kill everybody on it, which is great. Amari Cooper was awesome. Michael Crabtree's still alive and functioning in the league. Sometimes I forget about that. Uh, but I'm going to take Cleveland. I'm going to take them 27-21. I, 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 that's more of a gut thing than anything else. <laughs> I don't have any real strong facts to support it. I like Cleveland playing at home, Oakland on the road in an early game, as I like to call them, the morning games. I just think Cleveland has a little advantage here. I'm going to go with it. But I, I was impressed by Oakland last week. Or also depressed by the Baltimore defense. But we'll get to that later. All right. Well, speaking of Baltimore, you don't have to wait long. Next game up <laughs> is Baltimore hosting Cincinnati. Baltimore 0 2, you know, looking unimpressive in losses to a bad Denver 0-2. and Oakland the Ugh. first two weeks of the season. Now they have their home opener against a Cincinnati team that's looked quite good so far. So, what does that mean? Of course, it means that Baltimore is going to win this game. I'll say Baltimore 28, Cincinnati 24 is Baltimore recovers some of their pride and uh, in front of the home crowd in their home opener. I don't know. I'm I have some legitimate concerns for Baltimore right now. Like I'm not seeing a lot that makes me feel like they can pull this off. I would like them to win. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I'm I'm going with the ginger ninja. I'm going twenty eight seventeen. I think Cincinnati's gonna come in and pretty handily hand this loss to Baltimore at home, and they're going to be 0-3 with a lot of questions. Andy Dalton's so dialed in right now. Like, this offense is really clicking. Their defense isn't isn't really – it's not it's not elite, but it's not terrible. I think it's going to slow down Baltimore. But the Baltimore defense is just really sketchy, and I think that's just – you can't overcome that. I don't think Baltimore's offense can – not this week, not this matchup. I'm going to put Michael Phelps in at tight end. He's he's tall enough. He's lanky. He's got a little bit of speed. I don't hate the idea. <laughs> yeah, well, if it rains, he could win some good. of these matchups. <laughs> so, next up, we've got uh, Carolina, your home team now, hosting oh, New man. Orleans, which <laughs> looks really awful, and Drew Brees may or may not be hurt. Yes. So bad. This one point logically to Carolina winning even with, you know, the Pikely beating up, but uh I'll I'll say that um Carolina wins this by a touchdown. I'll say Carolina twenty seven, New Orleans twenty. I have Carolina twenty one seventeen. as much as it kills me to pick a Cam Newton win, I just don't feel good about it ever. Uh, New Orleans just I, we thought Everything they were supposed to do last week, they did none of. They just didn't at all perform the way they were supposed to. They missed Jimmy Graham really bad right now. Their defense doesn't look as strong as it needs to. And Carolina at home, I think they're going to do just enough to win this game. Drew Brees can't throw down the field right now. That makes him considerably less dangerous, and this offense is severely hampered. And I think that Cam Newton, since it is first half of the season, I can get on board with calling a win for Carolina. I think that New Orleans is going to definitely have a hole to dig themselves out of in this division, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it the way Drew Brees, Drew Brees is playing right now. Next up, we've got your Dallas Cowboys hosting the Atlanta Falcons. I think this one could go either way, but I'm going to yeah. pick Dallas to 
keep it going. I'll say Dallas pulls this one out. I'll say Dallas 28, Atlanta 27. I want to pick Dallas to win this game. And, uh, I mean, I really could see this going either way, but I'm picking Atlanta primarily because of Brandon Whedon. I think the Dallas defense is going to keep them in this game. Uh, Atlanta's not going to be able to, you know, necessarily move the ball quite at will as they have the last few weeks. But Brandon Whedon terrifies me, just absolutely terrifies me. He just, I don't know what he sees when he looks downfield, but I don't think it's the same thing that just about any other quarterback and or casual fan could see if they look downfield because he just blatantly misses wide receivers that are fully open. He just doesn't seem to run the same plays as everybody else. It scares me a lot, and I don't think that that's a good recipe, especially at home in Jerry's world with the Dallas media breathing down your neck and Jerry Jones creeping around on the sideline if they ever let him out of his press box. I just, I, uh, 27-24, I'm, I'm taking Atlanta. <laughs> Well, I don't know. In Whedon's defense, he's had he'll have a week with the first team. You know, it's not really. I don't think it's really fair to judge a guy by what happens when you throw him out there in the middle of the game, especially a guy like that that hasn't played much. You know, it'd be one thing if you had Mark Sanchez or you know, not that he's you know, any great shakes, but if you had Mark Sanchez or Matt Hasselbeck or someone like that to throw out there that you know has had some success in the league already, then I think that's one thing, but when you take someone like Brandon Whedon or Jimmy Clausen, I really don't think you can judge them by how terrible they look in, in relief duty. I mean, he his stats looked fine. I just don't like what I actually see from him. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a Brandon Whedon supporter. <laughs> All right, so next up, the other Texas team, Houston hosting Tampa Bay in a Jameis Winston looked a little better last week, yeah. although, you know, again, take that with many grains of salt. It was New Orleans defense. Hard to but, be much worse. And Houston, their their offense is a mess right now. And obviously, they miss Arian Foster and DeAndre Hopkins, as you mentioned, is out, and mm-hmm. you know, they've just got a mess at quarterback. But somehow, I think their defense is going to carry them in this game, and yeah, I think they'll do just enough to win. I'll say Houston 21, Tampa 17. I'm going Houston 24, Tampa 14. Uh, not having Austin Sferian Jenkins, I think, is going to pose a, a pretty decent-sized problem for Jameis Winston. It's definitely going to take away a weapon for him. Houston's offense is a hot mess. I think we can agree on that. But I think their defense is going to make it tough enough for the Tampa Bay offense that Houston can at least put it together for, you know, two or three drives and actually make themselves look functional and hopefully get something out of this. But I'm not super excited to watch this game. (laughs) No, this would definitely be at the bottom of my list, I think, for this coming week. Next up is a game which I'd be nominally more interested in, and that's because Indianapolis off to an 0-2 start and looking horrible doing it. We're traveling on the road to Tennessee. I think Indy will right the ship here. I just think Andrew Luck is too good a quarterback to look as awful as he has three weeks in a row. I'll say yeah, Indy wins this by four points. I'll say Indy 28, Tennessee 24. That's actually the exact same score I have. Uh, Indy 28, Tennessee 24. 
Indy right, can't turn they the don't ball even have to bother playing the game. I know. Like, we already decided. You guys can just pack it in. <laughs> I, there were moments last week for Tennessee where I thought Mar- Marcus Mariota might not survive that first half, but he did rally. Things looked a little better. I think this game is going to be pretty close the whole way. Um, but just Indy needs this needs this win badly, and they're going to claw their way to it however they need to. I'm excited about Dante Moncrief. That was great last week. I would like to see more of it this week. But I just – I I'm looking forward to this game. I don't know if it's going to be quite the offensive juggernaut that maybe some other people think it's going to be, but those are some points to be had. Well, that moves us to the next game where I think there are going to be a lot of points scored, you know, in spite of – the yeah. reputation of the defenses anyway, and that's St. Louis hosting Pittsburgh. St. Louis looked great week one on you know, at home, looked awful week two on the road against Washington this week. They're at home again against a Pittsburgh team that looked awful in week one and looked good in week two. Mm-hmm. So I think both those teams will continue those alternating patterns. Actually, I don't think Pittsburgh's offense will be bad, but I just think their defense will get scorched. I think Nick Foles bounces back and has a nice game, and I'll say St. Louis 34, Pittsburgh 31, and who knows, Brian Quick may even see the field this week. Whoa, bold prediction from the Sherpa. I actually see this maybe a little differently. I'm going Pittsburgh 28, St. Louis 21. Uh, Granted, the St. Louis defense I am all about. I just think that right now, with what we saw last week from Pittsburgh, I'm thinking that you know they're they're going to give the defense will give some points up for sure, but I think the Pittsburgh offense and if Ben Roethlisberger can do anything like he did last week and Le'Veon Bell coming back if he can you know return to any kind of the form that he had last year I think it might be too much of a one-two punch for this Rams defense. Um, the defense is going to be what keeps them in it. I just don't know if this is going to be. I, I just. I don't know if the the Rams' offense is going to be able to perform like they did, even though they are at home again. Granted, last week I thought Nick Foles would have a way better week than he did, so I could be just whatever I'm saying is the opposite for him. I don't know yet. I'm excited to see this game solely because I'm trying to figure these teams out. They've been so hot and so cold from one week to the next that I finally would like to see, like, all right, which one is it? Which team is actually going to be the real one? I don't know that even in week three you'll know for sure, but my guess is that by the end of the season, Pittsburgh might have the better record, but St. Louis might be the better team. I don't know. I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. (laughs) All right. So one game that we won't have to wait long to find out the outcome is New England hosting Jacksonville. (laughs) And Jacksonville, I think the big question here is how many points do they score? I think New England will score 31 and Jacksonville 20, and I just don't think it'll be that close. Yeah, this feels like a total mismatch. Um, I have New England 38, Jacksonville 20, so I think we both pretty well agree about where Jacksonville's going to be. Um, this is going to be a really good day fantasy-wise for the New England offense. Uh, Jacksonville... Not so much, although I don't think that Allen Robinson's going to be a terrible play because they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to be behind all day. It's just this is not going to be a pretty matchup. 
if you're a Patriot fan, it's going to be great. Not so much for the Jaguars. Yeah, it's about the side. I don't know. New England's running game, I'm still, I don't know what's going on there. but Nobody knows. Yeah. I don't think we we'll ever see. know what's going on with that run game. When was the last time you felt confident that you knew what was going to happen in that backfield before a game started? Law firm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been a while. <laughs> a couple of years, but, yeah. I Only mean, you're right, years. though. I mean, between <laughs> having Ridley and and Shane Vereen there, you just never knew who was going to be healthy and get the yards from one week to the next, especially Dude, as... Uh, one one week of Jonas Gray, like, the, things were so weird. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens there. So next up is the other uh, Pope City game, and that's the Jets hosting the Eagles on Sunday when the Pope will actually be in Philadelphia. And there'll be mass chaos throughout the city, I'm sure. But um, I'll go go with the Jets to win this game. I, I just think Philly's defense is a real mess right now. Jets' offense isn't great, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is definitely serviceable and an upgrade over Geno Smith. Eric Decker yeah. may be banged up, but Brandon Marshall isn't. And I'll pick the Jets to win this by 10. I'll say Jets 27, Eagles 17. I have it a little closer. Look at this is the matchup of the two teams whose fans like to spell out their team's last names incessantly. Of course, Jets fans have an easier time <laughs> since the name is shorter. Yeah, yeah, it just this this game feels like it could be almost as painful to watch as the Eagles Cowboys was last week. But it I have the Jets 17, Eagles 14. I just their defense is just in shambles. Their offense looks very sketchy and now there's I mean you have people maybe injured, maybe not. You have guys like Josh Hoff saying that their signals are being called by the the defense, and then Chip Kelly says, oh, no, he was lying, he was wrong, and then Josh Hoff says, well, whatever coach says is what really happened. Like, the, there's no communication, there's no cohesive anything happening there, and their defense took a couple of pretty nasty injury hits, and I just – I don't think anything good's going to happen this week for them. <laughs> I'm He's very concerned about the Eagles. NFL. How can you say anything bad about him? <laughs> I think that maybe Chip Kelly wants a new job already. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be just the GM so he can fire the coach. Maybe he'll fire the coach and be the GM. That'd be fun. I mean, that'd be a very Philadelphia thing to do. <laughs> Would be and then put the owner in as the coach, or just have like a contest on social media to pick the coach for a game. Just call Jerry Jones and ask how he would handle it, and then just do that because that would never fail, ever. All right. So next up, we have a, a good NFC West matchup between Arizona and San Francisco. Arizona is the home team here, and based on that and. Carlos Hyde's questionable health. I'll go with Arizona to win this. I'll say Arizona 28, San Francisco 21. I've got Arizona 27, San Francisco 14. I I think Carson Palmer's going to have another big game. I mean, we saw what what Ben Roethlisberger did last week. I don't think there's any reason to think Carson Palmer's numbers won't be fairly close to that. 
the Arizona defense is playing well. Like you said, Carlos Hyde is definitely not 100%. And I just, I'm not sold on San Francisco yet. Arizona, you know, they've, they've looked strong both weeks. I'm going with it. What happened to Larry Fitzgerald last weekend? It was like he found a time machine and went back in time five years. I know, which was great, except for I really wanted a lot of those those throws to go to John Brown. But I can live with it. I think you might get another good week or two out of Larry Fitzgerald, and then, you know, things may kind of fall back off. We've seen this happen once or twice before, but, hey, that was awesome. I mean, it was fun to watch. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is nice <laughs> to see that he still has some fight left in him. It just gives him. you, like, so. fantasy, like, insanity. Like, how are you going to see that coming? <laughs> So speaking of bites, we've got the Bears hosting. Actually, the Bears are on the road against Seattle, and this, I this? just think this is the biggest <laughs> match of the day. I'll go yeah. probably even bigger than New England, Jacksonville. I'll say take Seattle on a route. However many points you're getting, it's not enough. Seattle 28, Chicago 10. I... I was a little more generous, although, quite frankly, I feel like this could get very ugly very, very quickly. I've got Seattle 35, Chicago 21. Jimmy Clausen looked awful last week. I'm never a huge Jimmy Clausen fan, personally. He takes way too long to get the ball out of his hand. That's going to be a problem. All of his wide receivers are hurt. Matt Forte is not 100%. Their defense does not look as good as they need to. Seattle's just it's going to be a good day fantasy-wise for them, and I'm not excited about Chicago's prospects at all this week. Really, really sorry, Bears fans. <laughs> Seattle gets up early. They should just let Marshawn, Ma- Marshawn Lynch's mom make the call the plays. Do you think maybe they'll start having her do soup commercials because she seems incredibly lovable and relatable from all of her letters that she puts out there? Like, it could be like Donovan McNabb's mom used to do, only way scarier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, would, that certainly would be scary. Well, hopefully, uh, I'm, I would probably, if, if she was yelling at me to buy soup on TV, I would probably immediately go buy it, though. I will be honest about that. Too bad she didn't yell at her son not to drunk drive, but that's another thing for another day. A whole day. other issue uh, for a whole other day. <laughs> yeah. So... Apparently, Stoop doesn't prevent that. Mm-mm. Anyway, we've got Miami. I know one of your favorite teams hosting yes. Buffalo, which is an interesting team. They seem to have a little bit more offense than Rex Ryan is used to having, but I still don't see this game going their way. I'll say Miami 31, Buffalo 27. I've got Miami 24, Buffalo 21. I think that the defenses are maybe going to step up a little more and and keep the score a little lower than you do. But quite frankly, I think they're not too far off matchup-wise. I just think Miami's got a little bit more offensively. But, you know, Buffalo's been more than we expected them to be coming into this year. Uh, Tannehill's going to have a good game. I definitely think that their their passing game's going to have to really step up, especially with Lamar Miller being – very questionable right now. I would not rely on that Miami run game much, if at all. Uh, Buffalo tight end Charles Clay, I think, could be an interesting sleeper or you know a deeper flex play this week. Uh, he had he had a nice game last week, and he 
played in Miami for a couple of years, so he knows their offense and their system, and he's very comfortable in Miami. Uh, so I would I would maybe keep an eye on him if you're looking for somebody pretty cheap or someone to pick up. He's probably available out there in a lot of leagues, so keep an eye on that. I wonder if when he left um, Miami, he said, I'm taking my talents to Niagara Falls or something like that. I hope so. I hope so. Or sent them, like, a nice postcard. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, nobody ever but takes a chance to going over anymore. the falls in a barrel. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Please, somebody put that out there on the Internet somewhere. <laughs> so... As long as his feet are exposed, we'll all be okay. (laughs) So, anyway, next game up, we've got Denver at Detroit. Denver really pulled one out of the fire last week. Chiefs are probably still wondering what hit them. Um, I think Denver keeps it going on the road this week. (laughs) Detroit, I'm not – it seems like the same old story. Last year they had passable defense. This year – May not be so passable. I'll go with Denver to win this pretty easily. I'll say Denver 34, Detroit 24. I would love for that to happen. I had Denver 28, Detroit 17. I think Denver's going to bounce back. I think Demarius Thomas could have a sneaky, sneaky big week this week. Just, just throwing that out there. But um, Detroit, their run game is sketchy. Matt Stafford, we're not always totally sure is all in one piece. He's got bad ribs and bad this and that. This week he's hurting. That's a direct quote. Um, but he, he, he's not 100%. And that Denver defense is tough even when you are 100%. So I don't feel all that strong about the offensive efforts for Detroit this week. I think Peyton Manning's going to bounce back. And hopefully we can stop having the conversation over and over and over about whether he, or not he's done just just let it happen. It's week three. So that brings us to the Monday night game, and Green Bay had an impressive win over Seattle Sunday mm-hmm. night, Kansas City, and not so impressive snatching defeat from the jaws of victory performance Thursday night with Jamal if Charles. If there was ever a game to describe that, that's it. <laughs> so... so I, I think Green Bay will – I think Kansas City will bounce back a little bit. I don't think they'll get destroyed, but I still think Green Bay is too good a team, especially at home. I'll go with Green Bay to win this by score 30-24. to 24. I've got 31-21 Green Bay. I think that – I just – sure, Kansas City's got some extra rest. They're not a bad overall team. I just think that their defense isn't going to be able to keep up With Aaron Rodgers, I'm not worried about the run game, whether it's Eddie Lacy or James Starks. I think either one of them will put points on the board for Green Bay. Uh, I just just don't think Kansas City's got enough to keep up with them this week, so I'm taking Green Bay all the way. All right, so that brings us to the daily section of our show, which is a a new something we're trying this year, so... Let's take a look at the FanDuel lineups and rosters and salaries for this week. Which of the quarterbacks strike you as being good deals this week? Um, You know, for me this week, I'm actually going with some guys who are a little higher on the pricing spectrum than 
some of the recommendations I normally make, but this is it's more about the value you're going to get out of it. So even though a guy like Tom Brady is going to be expensive for you, he might be worth it if you plan your lineup right. Um, I also really like Andy Dalton this week. Obviously, we talked about that earlier. Um, he's going to cost you on FanDuel, uh, where did I put that note? Um, 7100 uh, 7, And then I really, I'm on the fence about it, but I think I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota at 7300 I think the matchup will work for him. And obviously, the last couple of weeks, this week is no exception. I'm all about Carson Palmer. Uh, he's at 8100 on FanDuel, but for the points you're going to get this week, it's worth it for me to spend the money on there. Um, obviously guys like Sam Bradford and Matt Stafford I'm staying away from this week. I think guys like Brandon Whedon and Jimmy Clausen go without saying. But Bradford and Stafford are still priced, you know, moderately high, and that's more off expectations coming into the year than anything. But definitely you're going to find better value and more points. I think I'm going to go with several cheaper options for um, Mm -hmm. the FanDuel game, I think. I have my eye on Ryan Fitzpatrick at 6,800 going against the Eagles. Teddy Bridgewater at 6,800 going against San Diego. Nick Foles at 6,500 going against Pittsburgh. All of those seem like pretty good values to me. Mm-hmm. I, I can I have no real beef with those. <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll see what lineups we ended up with uh, a little bit later in the show. So how about um, running backs for the FanDuel game? Who do you like this week, or who do you stay away from? Well, after last week, uh, running backs were were pretty tough on everybody's daily fantasy last week for sure. Um, so this week, I'm a little more conservative on it, but I do like, I like TJ Yeldon, even though the Jags are going to get blown out. They're going to have to run the ball at some point. They can't pass forever, and T.J. Yeldon's really their only option at $6,600. Jonathan Stewart, a little banged up, but at $6,500, he's still going to do some damage for you this week. Um, I also like James Starks, but that's really dependent on Eddie Lacy playing or not. Uh, James Starks is only going to run you $6,500. Beyond that, you've got some guys who are going to get a little pricier, but then, uh, as well, Deion Lewis, he's only 6,700. For this week in New England, they are going to run the score up. They're going to have to, well, common sense would say they're going to have to run the ball late in the game because they've already run the score up. Whether or not that really happens, I still think Deion Lewis is going to have some value for you there. All right. How about, um, oh, who's the person I just had my eye on here? Lost it. Oh, um, Devonta Freeman in Atlanta is $6,500. Yeah, I do like Devonta Freeman. To... I'm curious to see how long it'll last, but so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, that's a great price for him. I just don't know. Yeah. You know, again, I don't want to be biased too much against smaller backs, but I just question mm-hmm. whether he can really be a lead back in the NFL, but I guess we'll see. I think this is a place where I'm going to spend a little bit more money on the running backs this week, and so I like Adrian Peterson in spite of his $8,900 price tag, and if you want a cheaper option, I like uh, Latavius Murray at $7,000 going against Mm -hmm. Cleveland's defense, and, you know, like you, if Starks 
is the starter against Kansas City, uh, and yeah, if Eddie Lacy isn't 100% healthy, and especially if he doesn't play, I think that's a, a good value too. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with those. All right. So, how about uh, wide receivers for the FanDuel game? What's what's gotten your attention there? Fresh I mean, you can. Your attention there. Yeah, you can really run the gamut on this one. Pricing uh, to production. I mean, you can look at somebody like I just gut feeling Demarius Thomas is going to have a good week, but he's still very expensive at eight thousand. Um, and then I run all the way to Leonard Hankerson in Atlanta is going to be more of their their number two wide receiver. You've got. Roddy White has been much of a disappointment, and Julio Jones is still hampered with injuries. And they've got a, a pretty good matchup offensively this week in in Dallas. So Leonard Hankerson's only going to run you 3,800, which is, <laughs> depending on how you're spending your money, that could be very valuable. Dante Moncrief at 48, um, John Brown 4,500, Jarvis Landry in Miami at 6,400, all guys I like this week. And then, of course, uh, James Jones in Green Bay, who I've, I've been on for the last few weeks, is going to run you 4,500, or 4,800, I'm sorry. All right, I think I'm going to spend a little bit more money again, take some of that savings at quarterback. I agree with you, like Demarius Thomas, but I'm going to I'm going to shift down just a little bit. Randall Cobb's still bothered by the shoulder, mm-hmm. but I'll take him at 8,200 like Julian Edelman at 7,700, and Brandon Marshall really like him against the Eagles secondary, especially if Eric Decker's banged up. He's 7,400 on uh, FanDuel. A few others that caught my eye, too. Um, Amari Cooper, 6,900. Terrence Williams, 6,500. Dante Moncrief, 6,000. Crabtree, Doug Baldwin, 6,000 each. Those are the guys that I like if you're going to spend a little less money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you kind of have to pick your poison each week, where you're going to spend your money, where you're going to not. But wide receivers, when you can save a little bit if you need to, for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't have any money left over after my kicker decision this week. Ah, uh, the kicker, always tough. <laughs> All right, uh, so you want to look at some tight ends? Let's look at some tight ends, yep. So... Yeah, Rob Gronkowski, most expensive tight on the end on the board by two thousand uh, dollars. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think it is by two thousand dollars. He's eighty four hundred, and Travis Kelsey has actually moved up to the second most expensive tight end, you know, supplanting uh, Jimmy Graham this week. But I like Gronkowski at eighty four hundred. If you want to spend less, I like Keith Miller at fifty eight hundred. Jared Cook. 5,400, and Kyle Rudolph, 5,300. Yeah, Jimmy Graham at 6,300, I agree. I think he's going to bounce back. Maybe Vernon Davis at 5,400 this week. Uh, Martellus Bennett, strictly because someone has to be healthy enough to catch the ball, and Jimmy Clausen's going to look to him a lot this week at 5,600. Tyler Eifert, 5,400. Gronk, of course, at 8,400, but he's probably going to be worth the money this week. (laughs) I know it's a lot, but... That's a very nice matchup. Okay, and how about uh, our favorite position kicker? Yes. 
I like Dan Bailey and Justin Tucker both at five grand. Uh, Dan Bailey is going to be doing a lot of kicking. Justin Tucker has been perfect this year, and that Baltimore offense needs a little bit of help for sure. Mike Nugent at 4,800, and old Greg Leg Zerline also having a strong season so far at 4,800 dollars. Always nice to be able to save a couple hundred bucks there by going with a maybe a second tier kicker. All right, I think I'm going to go even lower than that, and I'll go with Andrew Ooh. Frank in Miami for 4,500, kicking against nice. Buffalo this week. I like it. Yeah, I just just as a general strategy. I mean, it's interesting because you know the the top price and the bottom price for kickers and defenses. There's not that much of a difference, although perception-wise, I'm sure most people would rather have you know, the you know, Seahawks defense than, say, the Redskins defense. But you know, price-wise, they're not all that different in the daily games. Yeah. There's certainly yeah. a lot more price disparity at you know, the other positions, at the skill positions. Oh, for sure. So all right. I answered your point there. So that said, as far as defenses go here this week, let's see the one that really stuck out to me. And again, I guess this is just based on how you're picking the games, but the one that really jumped out at me this week, I'll say two that really jumped out were if you want to spend money, Seattle at 5,300 hosting the Bears. And if you want to spend less money, I'll go with the Jets at 4,500 hosting the Eagles. Yeah, I, I had both of them. Uh, I I mean, Seattle, if you want to spend the money at 5300 it's definitely going to get you some points. Uh, I just – it's it's really hard to argue with them. There's a couple of clear-cut defenses this week that are going to be worth it, and then from there it's kind of just a pick-your-own-adventure. <laughs> I think even the Texans, who are the second most expensive and honored or in recognition of the fact that they're hosting Tampa Bay this week, that might, that's also a tempting mm-hmm. play, but I think if I were going to spend 5000 5, on a defense, I'd go the extra 300 for what I consider to be a sure thing with Seattle against uh, the Bears. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's just the peace of mind is worth it. <laughs> All right. So, Speaking of peace of mind, why don't we move over to the the uh, DraftKings game and who sticks out for you there at quarterback? Um, you know what? It doesn't change for me too, too much from one to the other. I know the pricing has varied some, but Carson Palmer, definitely a good deal there. Um, again, Andy Dalton still pretty reasonably priced for what you're going to get. Tom Brady is exorbitantly expensive, but for me, it's it's about the same quarterback-wise. What about you? Any significant differences? Yeah, there are a few guys I'd like, just the pricing more on DraftKings, and that would be Russell Wilson at 7000 Philip Rivers at 6400 Teddy Bridgewater at 6200 But I'm going to, uh, again, I'm going to go relatively cheap here, and I'm going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick for 5100 against the Eagles. too much of an argument with that. All right. So how about running back situation? Any any changes for you there? <sighs> uh, you know, it's 
still just it's about the same for me. The running back pricing didn't change a ton. Deion Lewis is still very attractive to me at sixty five hundred. Um, TJ Yeldon also still very reasonable and Jonathan Stewart. It just for me those those guys give me some flexibility that I can at least plug and play one of them with someone like an Adrian Peterson who's gonna cost me almost nine grand, but price wise it may work in my lineup. All right. Um for the DraftKings I like Marshawn Lynch if I'm gonna spend money, he's seventy four hundred dollars against the Bears defense. If I want to spend a lot less money than that, I'll give Melvin Gordon another shot for five thousand dollars against the Vikings. Ooh, Melvin Gordon, I don't know. But yeah, it's not a terrible play this week. <laughs> All right. So how about wide receivers who who do you like on the DraftKings right there? I love John Brown at six at six thousand. I, I think he's gonna bounce back this week. Dante Moncrief again, six thousand. Jarvis Landry's a little pricier, he's looking at, at uh seventy six hundred. Um those are my big three this week that I have in my lineup. Uh, beyond that there's some guys that are just way too overpriced, especially for how how injured they are or what lineup they're in. Amari Cooper, I'm on the fence about at sixty nine hundred. I like the idea of it, but I don't know if I'm totally ready to commit that much money on what I'm not sure about just yet. Um, and then you've got guys like Eric Decker's at 6000 but it's still a kind of a sketchy play. Um, and I still really like James Jones at $5,700. It's, it's hard to stay away from that one for me. Okay. Um, for me on DraftKings, Calvin Johnson at 7,900 looks attractive. Emmanuel Sanders, Randall Cobb, Keenan Allen, somebody I didn't mention before at 6,800. For some reason, mm-hmm. on Sanduel, Amari Cooper, and Michael Crabtree are almost the same exact price. On DraftKings, mm-hmm. Cooper is 6,200, and Crabtree is only 4,600. So there's definitely, in my mind, an arbitrage opportunity. So I like. Uh, Crabtree a lot more in that game. Yeah, John Brown, 5,100. Devontae Adams, 5,000. Moncrief, 4,800. Stevie Johnson, I like a lot at 4,300. So, yeah, there's there's definitely... It's interesting because, yes, the scoring system is a little bit different and favors the wide receivers a little bit more on draft teams relative to FanDuel. But, again, you know, for instance, you know, the, the pricing discrepancy between, you know, Crabtree and Amari Cooper on, on FanDuel versus DraftKings, I think it's it's pretty striking and just goes to show you even these people that set these prices for a living are sometimes inconsistent relative to each other. Yeah, it's funny how there can it, – it's not always logical how you expect it to be, for sure. <laughs> right. So how about uh, tight end for DraftKings? What, who, who do you like there? Uh, Jimmy Graham for sure at 6,300. Tyler Eifert at 5,900. Uh, Jason Witten, I think, as banged up as he is, is a little overpriced at 6,000 for me this week. Martellus Bennett is a good deal at 5,600. Um, and that's Vernon Davis, 5,400. Definitely a good money saver there. Those are probably my big ones I'm targeting this week. All right, for me on DraftKings, the guy that really 
uh, sticks out for me. Somebody you talked about earlier, and that's Charles Clay. He's only $3,100 on DraftKings. So to me, that's a really good play. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go a little bit lower on the food chain, there's Jared Cook, who's 2800 and his running mate there, Lance Kendricks, is only 2700 on DraftKings. So those are, you know, pick your, pick your favorite St. Louis tight end there. But I think either one of those guys, <laughs> I'd probably pick Kendricks by a little bit. But, you know, both those guys have the potential to be pretty good for you this week. Yeah. Yeah, I have no arguments there. All right, and as we've noted in the first week's show, there's no defense on DraftKings. So, I mean, no mm-hmm. picker on DraftKings. So yep. let's just fast forward right to the defense and any differences in your mind between the you know, the FanDuel and the DraftKings pricing that a team looks more attractive to you on DraftKings than it might on FanDuel. Uh, not so much for defenses. Like we talked about before, there's not a huge variance between them. The ones that are going to really net you the, the points are going to be about the same price, and then everyone else is going to fall around the 48 to 5,000, 4,800 to 5,000 pricing. So for me, with DraftKings, if you want to spend money, it's either the Cardinals at 3100 the Seahawks at 3400 or the Panthers at 3100 If you don't want to spend money, I go with the Raiders for 2700 against the Browns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So just to recap then, my, my FanDuel lineup is going to be Nick Foles at quarterback, Adrian Peterson okay. and Latavius Murray at running back. Randall Cobb, Julius Adelman, Julian Edelman, and Brandon Marshall at wide receiver, Kyle Rudolph at tight end, and Andrew Franks, the kicker, the Jets defense. My DraftKings lineup is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, Melvin Gordon and Marshawn Lynch at running back, Randall Cobb, Calvin Johnson, and Emmanuel Sanders as wide receivers, with Stevie Johnson as a flex, Lance Kendricks as the tight end, and the Oakland defense. All right, so I've got for my FanDuel, I've got Carson Palmer, uh, Adrian Peterson, and Marshawn Lynch at running back. It went heavy there that week uh, at that position. And then wide receivers, I like Dante Moncrief, Jarvis Landry, James Jones. I've got Tyler Eifert at tight end, uh, Deion Lewis running back as my flex and the Seattle defense. Then with DraftKings, I've got uh, Andy Dalton, uh, mixing it up at quarterback a little bit with Adrian Peterson, Deion Lewis at running back, Julian Edelman, Dante Moncrief, and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I'm going to try to ride a, the hot hand there at wide receiver. Uh, Jimmy Graham at tight end, Justin Tucker at kicker, and Seattle for my defense. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. We will be back here next Wednesday night from 9.30, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every week. Uh, we'll be back with all your week four news and notes, matchups, your daily fantasy lineups as well. And you can find us all week long at the number four THN Inches Show on Twitter. That's the number four THN Inches Show. Our email is the same handle, the number four THN Inches Show at gmail.com. You can find the Sherpa at fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter, and I'm JKIM16. You can find us at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook and fantasyfootballsherpa.com. 
And, of course, if you have any questions, lineups uh, you need help with on Thursday or Sunday, come find us there. Otherwise, we're always happy to talk football or I'll commiserate with you against uh, about my Cowboys. You know, whatever works. <laughs> but good luck to everybody this week, unless, of course, you're playing me. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. See ya.